I'm Sam C. Perry, and you're listening to the Living in Style Podcast. Originally known for her blog, A Love Affair with Fashion, Nancy Michelle has grown into her own brand as a top digital influencer. She first hit the blogging scene in 2011 when she used blogging as an outlet to grieve the loss of her father. Nancy has created a unique space by sharing her love for solo travel, inspirational stories through her life chats, and of course, fashion and style-based content. I first discovered Nancy a few years back and have been inspired by her growth and expansion into meaningful, purpose-driven content. In this new episode of Living in Style, I talk to Nancy about finding her voice, how she's moving through a crowded digital space, and how she turned the passing of her father into a message of strength. This is Living in Style with Nancy Michelle. It's so crazy because I feel like we've been connected, kind of, because I know your cousin Nicole and I grew up with her. So I've always oh my like, God! Yes, I actually forgot you know Nicole. That's so crazy. Yeah, we grew up literally since uh, I want to say like kindergarten, maybe even first grade. It's been I've known her forever. Oh my God, she's on my dad's side of the family. Yeah, her. So her mom and my dad were first cousins. Oh wow. Yeah, I love Nicole so much. I and mean, her brother James too is is my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> you know James <laughs> also. I I remember him from when we when we were much younger, probably like grammar school, like eighth grade, going into high school. I remember him. I haven't seen him in years, though. It's such a small world, right? Very small. Have you always been into blogging? How did you get into it? So, okay, so I feel like my story is kind of a long one. <laughs> um, so basically, kind of giving you some background information. So I went to college and I studied communications. I specialize in journalism. I minored in English. So I always had a love for writing specifically. I just didn't really know, you know, like what would come from that after I graduated. And when I did graduate, it was really difficult for me to get an entry-level position. Everyone wanted experience. So it's kind of just like in this weird phase where I was like, you know, I went to school for this. This is kind of what I want to do. And I wasn't finding something. So I ended up in finance, which was total like opposite end of the spectrum from what I wanted to do. And the goal was to just kind of take the opportunity, pay my bills, and hopefully find something else that I wanted to do, you know, shortly mm-hmm. after. But I ended up staying for literally almost four years. <laughs> I kind of got, like, sucked in. Yeah. And I hated it. I was miserable. I just was, like, very negative at that point in my life because, you know, I just felt, like, sick to my stomach going to work every day. It just wasn't what I wanted, and I wasn't finding anything else. So I kind of felt like I was stuck. And mm-hmm. maybe this is too soon to get into the conversation of this. No, it's okay. Up, no, no, no. Yeah. So I ended up getting laid off, which was for me a huge blessing because it was able to get me out the door. And at the same time that I found out I was getting laid off, my dad was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. So it was literally wow. at the yeah, literally at the same exact time, which I don't even think is really a coincidence, you know, just the way everything mm-hmm. happened, the timing was was so crazy. But so, you know, that happened and it really allowed me to be there uh, uh for my dad because his diagnosis when they found the cancer had already spread to his liver and his lymph nodes. So literally three oh, months after the diagnosis, he passed away. Yeah, it was very, wow. um, very, very sudden just the way yes. everything happened. So at that time I was 26. So I had just lost my dad. I was laid off from my job and I just had no idea like what I was doing with my life. I didn't know what my purpose was. I just felt very alone and lost as you can imagine. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. a year after that, to get to the blogging part a year after that is actually when I started uh blogging and it was really just meant to be a creative outlet 
because I, I loved fashion mm-hmm. and I kind of felt like I needed, you know, a platform for myself and um, just to create and just to kind of be therapeutic in a sense for me. So that's kind of what led me to blogging. I guess that's like the shortened version <laughs> of the story. <laughs> Have you always had some type of creative influence around you? Yes, I've always been a very, very uh, creative person. I was actually pursuing music for a really long time. I wanted to be a singer, and I I did dance classes, and I was writing my own music. I was writing poetry. So I've always just been very, uh, very creative. I was even writing children's stories back in the fifth grade. So I've always had, like, a crazy imagination, and Mm -hmm. I just always looked for – Creativity has just always been an outlet for me, which is, again, why, like, working in finance was so difficult for me because I felt like I couldn't really be who I was as a person. And the way I am as a person is very outgoing, very passionate, very creative. And all those things just help me, I guess you can say, be a stronger person in a sense. Um, It it keeps me motivated, you know, just being able to create something. It's an outlet. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's extremely, extremely therapeutic. Early on, I mean, you started blogging when blogging was still fairly new, I would say. Um, How were you able to find your voice so early on? You know, it's funny that you asked that because I feel like in the beginning, it's not that I didn't have a voice. I did, but I I don't feel like I was using it in the same way that I'm using it now. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, in the beginning when I blogged, I was really just fashion focused. Uh, Back then, my blog was called A Love Affair of Fashion, and it was really just showcasing my outfits and my personal style. It was great at first. You know, I actually did just fashion for like a few years, but it kind of got to a point where I felt like there wasn't really much substance there for me. Like I just was kind of craving more. I was craving a deeper connection and I felt like I just had so much more to share than just the outfits that I was wearing. And yeah, it's great to get comments like, oh, like love your style or that's a cute outfit. But I wanted more than that. Like I just felt like there should be more depth there. And I knew just everything I had gone through with my dad and everything that I kind of went through with losing my job and then creating this blog and it turning into a business, I was like, I have so much more to talk about. Like, I have so much more to share. And just doing outfit after outfit, it was just kind of stale. You know, the content just wasn't really inspiring me anymore. So I feel like I actually didn't really start using my voice like I am now until a couple of years ago, to be honest. Um I feel like that's when I really found my place in the industry, what I felt was really setting me apart from, you know, all the other creatives and digital influencers and bloggers, you know, whatever you want to call us. That's when Mm -hmm. I really started to feel like I had something really different and unique to bring to the table because I think more and more bloggers are starting to open up a lot, you know, now and showing more who they are and the personality. And I think it's amazing to do that. But I feel like when I first kind of started doing that, not a lot of people were really showcasing that that part of them yet. It was really just like the photos and not really giving much beneath the surface. So just kind of doing that and expanding on that over the years, I really feel like I've, like I, you know, not just found my voice, but really have learned to, to use it. And I just keep expanding on it and developing it, you know, even more and more every day. Mm-hmm. I've felt like that for a long time, too, because when I, I started blogging for other people, like contributing and things like that, and when I first launched my blog, I was doing not style posts for myself, but like recapping celebrity style and things like that. And I was mm-hmm. just so bored with it. It was getting good traffic, but I'm like, I don't care what so-and-so is wearing. What can I do yeah. that? That brings value to someone else's life. You know, truthfully, so back when I was blogging and it was really just mostly fashion, I was kind of in this mindset of, 
I had to put out content every single day, like Monday through Friday. It was just like boom, 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 outfit, outfit, outfit. Mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. only was it that like draining for me, but I feel like as a reader, that's kind of draining as well. Like it's just yeah. an overload of content. But there, besides my outfit, like what was I really talking about? You know? And, um, <laughs> what are you really contributing to? Yeah, like, I, like there has to be value. I feel for mm-hmm. for not just you, but for the reader, the people that are coming to your blog. You know, you have to think about it. What are they going to take away from this post? Like, is it going to affect them in some way? Are they going to leave feeling inspired or like they've learned something new and different? And if I don't check those things off, like mentally in my mind, I'm like, then I don't really think this is worth, you know, putting on the blog. And I've kind of become more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess just like more mindful of the content that I'm putting out and, you know, like just making sure that there is totally value there. I just think it's so important to to focus on that. As far as influence, you know, you're one of the top influencers right now. Do you think having influence matters? Yeah, I do. But I think you also have to think about what is, like, the type of influence that you want to have. You know, for me, again, it's not just – I don't want to influence people just like, oh, go and buy my outfit. That's that's not the type of influence that I want to have. I want to really influence people to just, like, go after their dreams and live their best life because – you know, I'm not the only one who's lost a parent or who's lost a job or who's felt just completely unsure of what my purpose in life is. And now that I've kind of found that, I really try to make sure that I'm connecting with my audience in that way. And, like, that is really, like, the type of influence that I want to have on other people. And I kind of say that a lot. You know, like, we all have a platform, and you have to really think about the way that you're going to use it, like, what's important to you. And for me, that's, you know, like, that's that's what's important. I just, um, again, it's so much more to me than just the fashion and what I'm wearing. It's like getting to the root of who I am as a person, which helps maybe someone else bring out certain qualities about them and kind of helps inspire them or keep them motivated to just, you know, push forward in their life. So that's, that's important to me. You've been very transparent, I think, in relaying that message, especially I, I feel like over the last like, year and a half, two years. How have you been able to remain authentic through that? Because I think putting yourself out there and being very vulnerable is scary, and um, you you can draw back a no, little it's bit. Beautiful and scary at the same time. You obviously <laughs> never know how things will be received. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like through that vulnerability, you know, is where the true like human connection lies. That's when people really feel as though they can relate to you. That's where they really feel like that connection. And it is you are leaving yourself completely vulnerable. And through that, your Mm -hmm. words are exposing who you are as a person, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I've definitely done that a lot, especially through my life chat series, um, just talking about like my struggles and my insecurities and just all the things, the challenges that I face. I think it's important to be authentic. It's important to it's just stay true to who you are as a person. And I think as influencers and bloggers, we have to show people that, like, we're not perfect and we struggle just like the next person. You know, we do post pretty photos and we curate our Instagram feeds, but that's not really, like, real life. Like, there's so much that goes on beneath the photos, and that's why it was so important for me to share, like, what's, like, the stories mm-hmm. of what's going on, you know, behind all of that. I think you have to remain authentic and you know, it's funny, I actually, I had a girl reach out to me recently, and she said that, you know, she really wanted to start opening up and sharing more personal things, but she was doing it little by little, and she felt like she was losing followers, and I'm like, you know what, like, 
it's okay to lose followers. Like you want the people that are following your journey to be people that are truly invested in what you're doing and, you know, who you are as a person, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. And it's okay if people unfollow. People totally unfollowed me in the beginning when I started like <laughs> yeah. doing life chats because maybe they were just so used to the fashion aspect that maybe mm-hmm. they didn't want to really know who I was as a person. But I feel like the community and the audience that I have now they truly do care about like what I have to say and about who I am. And that's kind of what you have to focus on and let that, you know, motivate and every day to just keep using your authentic voice and sharing it with everyone. I found like, cause I do a lot of spiritual posts and encompassed into my fashion posts. And I feel like a lot of people may not understand it or get it, but then those that do get it, like they really get it and they really connect yeah. with it. And that's like a beautiful thing when people truly connect to you, you know, like I, as hard as it is to really open up and talk about my dad, whenever I really write about him, like recently his his anniversary of seven years just passed on August 25th, and I kind of do like these tribute posts for him because it's super therapeutic for me and then just being able mm-hmm. to create something in his absence and sharing that. But I was blown away by the messages that I received, like so many people that are following me on my blog and Instagram have lost a parent and they've lost a loved one. and a lot of them, it's fresh that, you know, like it just recently happened or it happened a couple of years ago and they're still really struggling. And just to be able to connect about that and to show them like, look, you're not alone with how you feel, you know, and, and this is how like everyone's going to grieve differently. But the way that I kind of have been doing it is just to let it motivate and inspire me to like live my best life because I know that that's what mm-hmm. my father would want. And so, so that for them to see me doing that, like I've had people tell me like, wow, like it really motivates me and inspires me to go after my dreams and to not stop. And that's the most important thing is to not stop because when you're grieving and when you're in so much pain, you you sometimes feel like you don't know how to go on. And I, and I was like that seven years ago. I didn't really know what I was doing with my life or how to move forward. But, um, but anyway, I think it's like, I'm getting off topic, but the point is, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I just I, I just feel like talking about that has formed such an amazing connection. And it's just, it's beautiful when people truly, truly get it, when they're very, like, receptive and responsive of, of it, you know? With your dad, going through something like that, I can only imagine, like, it, I, I couldn't even imagine. How were you able to not not really overcome it, but push through the feelings of that and then translate that into content? Because that's a, that's a hard thing to do. It's, it's really, really difficult. It's, um, like, truthfully... You know, I, I lost my dad at 26, um, 33 now, and I I still struggle with his death. You know, I still I still mourn him, and I still grieve. It's not like people say time heals all wounds, and I don't believe mm-hmm. that exactly because I don't feel like the wound ever really goes away. You just kind of learn how to how to live with it. But I think what's sort of helped me move forward is. My dad was, like, such an inspiration to people, right? He was in the education system for over 30-something years. He was a teacher, then an assistant principal, then a principal. And I'll never forget this. At his wake, so many people came up to me, and they were like, your dad inspired me so much. Your dad changed my life. He was such an inspiration. And I was like, wow, like, that is so powerful. That is such an Mm -hmm. incredible legacy to leave behind. Like, I want to be able to have that type of a legacy, you know? So I ended up, I got the word inspire tattooed on my wrist because I felt like it was one word that really symbolized my father and was just a great, like, motivational reminder for me of him and his legacy every day so that I could try to kind of have that same impact on people. And truthfully, just 
knowing what he and how he inspired people and how he inspired me if he, for the first few years I didn't really open up about him yet like not even that much on the blog not the, in the way that I'm doing now so it's definitely been a process you know the more mm-hmm. I've done it the a little bit easier it's gotten to really you know talk about him and write about him and again like going back to like the whole connection of people who can relate like that was just I felt like it was so powerful but there's a quote that one of my friends introduced me to a few years ago by Rudy Francisco, and it says, instead of asking why they left, now I ask what beauty can I create in the space that they no longer occupy? And that oh, kind of – beautiful. It's so beautiful, right? It's so powerful. It's so inspiring. Very, and that, yeah. like, was a game changer for me because – I did spend so much time asking, like, why did he get sick? Like, he was never sick a day in his life. And then one day he's diagnosed, and three months later he passes away. And I carry that with me every single day, you know. And that quote just was so powerful for me because I was like, you know what, I need to create something here. I need to use his absence to, you know, just be inspired and just, like I said before, like kind of like live my best life and kind of Mm – really found who I am more as a person since I lost him. I don't really know if that makes sense, but it's, it's just no, kind it of crazy the way everything's happened. You've been able to use that, the pain and turn that into a strength and then build, build a platform from it. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not that that was ever my intention, you know, and I, I just mm-hmm. feel like the way it's all happened has been very, very organic, I guess you could say is the right word. Like everything's just transitioned so organically and I love that because it doesn't feel forced, you know, and I think if something yeah. feels forced, like don't do it. You want it to be natural and natural progression and natural growth and natural process. And that's really what it's been for me. And, you know, now blogging almost six years, I, this is a point now where I feel like I'm expanding on it a lot more. And ever mm-hmm. since I rebranded from a love affair of fashion to Natty Michelle, it's really been more like lifestyle and personal pieces and that type of content. And that's like where I truly feel passionate because I feel like I'm really, like I said before, giving something of value. And, you know, I just feel the most authentic sharing like this type of stuff. How have you been able to to hold on to that strength and all of that? Do you have a spiritual connection? Are you religious? How have you been able to do that? Yeah, I am. You know, I for a while, I'll be honest, I think I kind of lost touch with, like, my spirituality. And, you know, truthfully, there were moments in the beginning where I was, you know, I was kind of angry at, with God. It was hard for me. Like, I just, like I said, I just didn't understand, like, why he was taken away. It did take me some time. And I was able to get that connection back over the last several years. And I feel like now it's stronger than ever. And mm-hmm. something that really helped me just be more in touch with myself and my being and just uh who I am as a person just that connection got stronger when I first started doing like solo travel and that's when I really started to feel just better about who I am as a person I realized so much about myself it was just it just really helped me form a deeper connection to who I am because it's great to connect with other people but you have to really be able to connect with yourself before anyone else. Absolutely. You have to really truly love yourself, mm-hmm. have that self love. And not in a selfish way, but you know, you have to be able to do that. And for a while I I had lost that. It was really difficult for me. It was and it's hard to talk about it now. I I I kind yeah, of I'm sure. here and there yeah. on the blog. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's um but I am a spiritual person, I am religious and I do think that the struggles and everything that I, the setbacks in my life have just kind of made me me stronger, and it's made that connection stronger than ever before. Talk to me about solo travel because you you mentioned it, and I've been following your journey going through all these different countries by yourself, and I don't know if I would have the courage 
to do that by myself. How have you been able to do that? You would. Trust me. You know, it's so funny. Everyone's like, I could never travel by myself. And I'm like, but you don't know unless you don't try. So I've been to so I've been to four countries and seven cities so far by myself and yeah going back again to my dad it really all started because of my dad um when he was sick he had mentioned that a dream of his was to go to Ireland one day like he just wanted to go and tour the countryside sit in an authentic Irish pub have a pint of Guinness like he just wanted to be able to do that I, I had never known that that was a dream of his and he basically mm-hmm. had said to me if I make it through this will you go with me to Ireland? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Aww. And then I said, if for whatever reason you don't make it through, I will go one day for you. Mm-hmm. I always thought of that promise. And years and years had gone by after he passed, and I had still never gone. And after his five-year anniversary, one of my best friends, she went on a solo trip to South Africa. And South Africa, oh, wow. that's like a crazy yeah. trip to take by yourself. And she did it for two weeks. And oh my the God. time she was, yeah, two weeks. And she like, she did bungee jumping, like she walked, oh like God. yeah, she did all these crazy things, but I was like in awe, and I was just so inspired by her, and I was like stalking her on WhatsApp Messenger, and I was like, oh my God, I'm so inspired by you, how are you doing this by yourself, and literally while she was there, I booked my flight to go to Ireland by myself, I was that inspired that I was like, wow, she can be in South Africa by herself, like I can totally go to Ireland by myself, so kind of like a spur of the moment. That was like in September and I ended up going mm-hmm. to Ireland in November. So I didn't really plan it out, but um, oh. I went to Galway and I went to Dublin and it was the most amazing experience of my life. It was truly life-changing, therapeutic and freeing. And it kind of opened up a new door for me. And then um, last summer I went to London and Paris. And then this past May I went to Spain. I did uh, Madrid to be in Barcelona and every trip has just been just incredible. It's, pushed my limits it's helped me step out of my comfort zone you know I've Mm -hmm. met people I've just been able to experience these different cultures and doing it on your own is very very empowering and I think that that's really what I was craving that empowerment um and that freeing sense I guess you can say like all the grief kind of made me feel like I was caging in all my emotions and all my feelings and in a sense it kind of made me feel free of myself if that makes sense I don't know I recommend it to everyone if you're ever able to do it at least once in your lifetime. I think it's just a beautiful thing that you can do. Challenging, yes, <laughs> but definitely um, <laughs> an amazing experience. Do you think it changed your perception of overall just life and culture? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's great to travel with friends and family, but it's just something about being by yourself in another country. Um, if you like, for instance, like being in France, you know, there was a little bit of a language barrier. A lot of people did speak English, but there was a little bit of a language barrier. Um, even in in Spain, you know, I'm I'm Puerto Rican, but I don't unfortunately I don't speak Spanish fluently, but I do understand mm-hmm. a lot. But it was still a little difficult for me to kind of, you know, uh, translate everything. But it was also kind of empowering when I did it, and just being able to navigate my way, you know, being so far away from home and being on my own and just it makes you realize how much there is to see in the world how much there is to experience and just in general i am a huge advocate of travel and i have friends who some of them love to travel and some of them don't even want to leave like new jersey new york and i'm just like there's a whole (laughs) other world out there you know i know we're living in a a scary time right now to, to travel but um i just you know i still kind of find a way to to do it i just want to experience everything as as much as i can i took my first um my partner and i we took our first international trip this past july we went to italy for um seven days and honestly it is the 
is the freest I've ever felt. I, I just, it was just definitely a different feeling that I felt once I got there and I was just like, I need to do this more. Yeah, I mean, right, I saw that you were in Italy. You were there for, you said mm-hmm. how many days? Twelve? Seven. We did seven days. Oh, seven, days. sorry. I don't know why I said twelve. Yeah. I think that's how long <laughs> I was in Spain. Um, but no, yeah, Italy looks beautiful. I've never been there, but yeah, it's definitely just, it's so incredible to experience another culture. You know, you must have eaten yeah. such good food, too. The food was amazing, and I have a lot of food allergies, and I literally ate everything while I was there and did not get sick once. And I'm like, okay, that's because the food is real and the food is fresh. <laughs> it was just an overall amazing experience. And I'm like, when I came back home, I was like, I can't believe the way we live here to the way oh, that God. other people live. They live with, like, absolutely no worries. They're just out having, like, a cappuccino, chilling, and we're, like, stressed out trying to get to a meeting. Yes, and honestly, like, that's, like, the the slow living type of a lifestyle, like, especially over there in, in, in Europe, wherever I've stayed, like, that's just how it always made me feel. Like, one of my favorite things to do traveling solo is literally just, like, sitting outside of, like, a cafe or a coffee shop and just mm-hmm. having a cup of coffee or having a glass of wine and just, like, being, you know, like, not really doing yes. anything but just sitting mm-hmm. there and people watching. And I love, not to sound creepy, but, like, I love people watching. I love <laughs> Like, what's that person's story? You know, I just yes, start thinking I'm the about same all way. these other yeah. people. You like to do that, too? Yeah, I'm the same way. Even when I go into the city, I mean, I'm in the city a couple of times a week, and, and when I'm waiting for the train back into Jersey or just, like, hanging out, having lunch, I'm always people watching. Just like, I wonder where they're rushing off to. I wonder what their morning was like. Like, what do they do for a living? I'm always into people's stories. Me too. And that's also another one of my favorite things about traveling is meeting new people and, and getting to talk to them about their stories. Um, when I was in Ireland, I went on this tour to the Cliffs of Moher, which, by the way, I don't know if you've ever been to Ireland, but if you ever get the no. opportunity to go, you, oh, my gosh, you have to go to the Cliffs of Moher. That was like a huge defining moment of my life where I felt like so free. But um, on that tour, I met this girl, Dana, from Canada, and we just connected, like, right away. I actually still talk to her today. But I love, mm-hmm. you know, getting to know her and her story and the other people that I met, you know, on all my, my solo travel trips and even just traveling in general. I feel like you're constantly meeting people, and I just love talking to them and getting to know them. And then they ask about me, like, what brought you here? And then I get to share my story, you know, and I just think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And Sometimes when you're traveling with someone else, you don't really get the opportunity to to talk to other people in the same way as you do when you're by yourself. I think traveling and connecting with other people shows that at our core, we're just all the same. We are. That's a really, really good point. Yeah. 100% agree. So what's next for you? I've been reading and I've been seeing that you've been hinting that you may be writing a book and you may be moving to New York. So what's next? Yes. So, well, you know, writing a book has been literally a lifelong dream of mine. Like I mentioned before, I was writing children's stories back in the fifth grade. So I've always known that I wanted to write a book. I just, I guess you could say I didn't really know what the story was that I was going to Mm -hmm. tell. And just everything I've been through with my dad and just, I just like there's so much more to my story that I still haven't really shared that I want to share. So I've kind of had this idea of writing a memoir, which some people maybe think I'm too young to write a memoir. But I just, like I said, I feel like I have... So much to tell and share and I feel like people could really relate to it and connect to it and maybe it could help someone in the process and that would be a beautiful thing but writing a book is not easy like it is <laughs> yeah, sure. hard and if I'm being honest 
it's scary as hell because it's it's so much more than writing a blog post or like writing a caption on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. this is the most exposed and vulnerable I will ever be in my entire life. So it definitely scares me, but it also motivates me at the same time. But it's um it's hard and I feel like it's something I've started and stopped so many times and the more I talk about it, I think the more it holds me accountable, you know, to do it yes. and to get it done. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really do feel in my heart that it's like a calling for me. I do. I think that it's – and it's also another promise that I made to my dad. He knew how much I wanted to write, and, you know, I told him that it's something that I was definitely going to do. And my goal would be to have this written and published within the next – like, realistically, I'd say. <laughs> I don't know five years is even giving myself too much time. But it, it could take, like, two years to fully, you know, write it. I don't know. But – that's the goal is to get it done. I'd say, I'd say three to five years. I'll, I'll say that. And then <laughs> New York is, it's pretty much been a, a goal of mine for a really long time. I've kind of changed my mind about it a couple of times throughout the years for different reasons. But I feel like just living in New York is just better than commuting to New York. I know it's so expensive, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, something I've so really been, yeah, it's so freaking expensive, but I've been something I've been really working towards for a long time, and I just think that it's something I have to do for myself. And hey, I might go and I might live there, and maybe it's not for me, or maybe it will be, but I'm never going to know unless I try. But there is an opportunity that I think it's a really good chance of it happening. I mean, that means that I'd be moved in probably by a winter, spring of of next year. And um, but yeah, I'm really hoping that it'll happen. And if it doesn't, kind of a backup plan for me is. I do have my my TEFL certification, which basically means that I'm certified to teach English as a foreign language in, like, any country in the world, and that's something that I was inspired to do by all my solo traveling. I just kind of feel like in my future, I'm not really meant to, like, live in the tri-state area. I actually think I'm meant to live out of the country. So I kind of wanted to have that certification, like, in my back pocket just, like, for the future. But I think if I try New York and it's not for me, then there's a huge possibility of me leaving the country to go teach in you know somewhere else actually Spain is a top contender for me mm-hmm. and um, I'm actually also going to Italy next year for a wedding and if I really like Italy that might be another contender for me as well to teach English over there I lived in New York for six years so I would say definitely try New York it's a different experience I think you would enjoy it um after after about five years I was kind of over it um but I I suggest everyone if you have the opportunity to do it to do it definitely go for it. It's funny that you say that you were over it because, you know, I have friends who've been living there for a while and, you know, they definitely have said the same things before. Like, I know it's not, it's, New York's amazing. It's incredible. But at the same time, I do have like a love-hate relationship with it. Like there are moments where I love Mm -hmm. it so much and there are moments when I kind of like curse it out, to be honest. So I think, you know, I'm sure you could relate. But again, you know, it's one of those things where, you really never know unless you try. Like, there are also people that live there, and they could never see themselves, like, living anywhere else. So I think it really mm-hmm. depends on the person and, and the experience that they have. I'm very curious to see, you know, which way it's going to go for me. Like, it, it's either going to be somewhere that I never want to leave, or it's going to be somewhere that after one year, I'm like, nope, I'd rather just commute. Like, I can't live here, you know? So um, where I've, in New York did you live? I lived in Brooklyn, and, I mean, I've always wanted to live in New York since I was little, and then when I finally had the opportunity to do it, I did it. My first, like, three years, I absolutely loved it. The fourth year, it was like, okay, I'm kind of over this subway, crowded, like, I'm kind of over this. And then by the fifth year, I was like, okay, yeah, I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> and you were just I done with it. Do you think it would have been different yeah. if you were in Manhattan? Um, no, I think it actually would have been worse. 
Yeah, because that's what I. Too. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to avoid. I mean, I worked in I worked in Herald Square, and then I worked in um, Union Square. So I always I've always worked where it's super crowded and it's a lot of tourists. And just getting to work in the morning on a subway at 8 a.m., it's like you have no room to move, and I just couldn't do it anymore. The space was small. I just I just wanted to feel like I was back at home with more space and have it quiet once I leave work. And that's probably why it was so amazing and freeing for you when you were in Italy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I've right? always said, like, too, like you, like you said, I, I would love to live overseas. I see myself retiring overseas. So before I let you go, I have these four rapid fire questions that I like to ask everybody. Um, so the I'm first one. <laughs> no, literally everybody that I talk to says the same exact thing that they're nervous. And I'm like, they're super easy. <laughs> okay. What does fashion mean to you? Hmm. Fashion to me means expressing who you are without having to say anything, without having to use words. What do you believe is the difference between fashion and style? Hmm. Okay. Fashion is more of what you buy and style is more of what you're doing with it. Style is more about the individuality and more of a reflection of, of who you truly are. How would you define spirituality and do you believe there's a connection between fashion and lifestyle? Yes, absolutely there's a connection. For me, I'd say spirituality is it's a deep connection to to everything that I am and to everything that I do in life. It's just having that, that real deep understanding. So for sure, there's a connection there. Lastly, who is Natty Michelle? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> Natty Michelle, she's a dreamer, a free spirit. She's passionate and creative, and she thrives off of deep connections with, with other people. I'd say that's kind of me in a nutshell, I think. <laughs> Natty, it was so great to hear your story. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, so great talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. So my blog is uh, nattymichelle.com with one hell. And you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's also Natty Michelle. Twitter, I am Natty Baby because uh, someone has Natty Michelle and I can't get that. <laughs> but you can definitely find me on all those platforms. Thank you again, Natty, for sharing your story. It's so great connecting with you. For more information on living in style, head to samcperry.com.